are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. So Beyond is really a series about faith, and it's a series about prayer. And when we talk about prayer, I realize that um, all of you come this morning with your own questions about prayer. And, and the truth of the matter is, there is always a mystery around prayer. There's a lot about prayer that many of us say we will never maybe fully understand, you know, in this life. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a statement on the screen in a minute. It's a sentence. And uh, I'm not going to have to ask you to respond to it or to react to it. You won't be able to help it. When I put the words on the screen, all of a sudden in your mind, there's just going to be some thoughts, maybe some questions, uh, maybe some ideas, and, and, and you'll just kind of have to kind of work through it with me, okay? So here we go. I'm going to put this on the screen. And, and according to Jesus' truth, okay, according to Jesus, what we believe to be true is simply this. We pray, God answers. So I'm going to say this. Based on the teachings of Jesus, not my teachings, not the teachings of another pastor, not even the teachings of my mother, okay? But based on the teachings of Jesus, I believe this to be the truth. When we pray, God answers. Everybody good? Is there anybody, anybody in the room saying, do you mean like every time we pray, God answers? Like every prayer that we pray, Pastor Rick, you're saying God answers? I wonder if anybody's saying, do you mean those prayers when people pray like for forgiveness of sins? Like if a person is really sincere and they want to be forgiven of their sins, when they pray, then God answers that prayer? Or do you mean like any prayer? Or are you only talking about prayers like when we pray that God will make us more righteous or like more holy or, you know, more like Jesus. Are those the prayers you're talking about? And there's somebody else saying, wait a minute, I've been praying that prayer for a while, and that train is slow moving. I feel like there's a lot yet to be done in my life in that way, you know? I, I, I think that probably uh, there, there's somebody going, hey, I'm, I'm where you said earlier, okay? I think there's a lot of mystery in prayer. And I think there's a lot about prayer that I don't understand, and I don't know that I'm ever going to understand in this life. Um, I don't know why some people pray for healing and they get healed and this other person over here prays for healing and, and they don't get healed. Or while this person over here may pray about this major prayer concern in their life and God seems to answer their prayer and everybody kind of celebrates that and it's awesome, but this person over here has been praying also and God didn't seem to answer that prayer and we're all just kind of confused about that. Or maybe when I look at the Old Testament... Or the New Testament, it seems like prayers got answered a lot easier in those days than they get answered now in our day. So I don't know if I understand it all. So there's this one verse, and it's actually in the book of James. And James says, well, let's talk about it. So when you ask, in other words, when you pray, that's what he means by that. When you pray, you don't receive, meaning your prayer doesn't get answered Oh, well, I'm going to lean in because I want to know why sometimes my prayers don't get answered. He says, because you ask with wrong motives. Oh, now that's kind of back on me, right? So I prayed, but my prayer didn't get answered. And the reason it didn't get answered was because when I prayed the prayer, my motives weren't right. 
No, you, you prayed that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Okay, so I was only praying that prayer because it was just kind of to bring me joy or pleasure. Okay, I get that. I understand that. And there are times, I think in my life, that I've prayed prayers with wrong motives, you know. But I think there's also these other times where I prayed prayers with the right motives. And, and sometimes on Tuesday nights, I meet with this group of people who pray. And I think most of the time, that group of people pray with really good motives. They're praying for you. They're praying for people who are sick. They're praying for all kinds of needs. And, and I just really struggle to say, yeah, their motives are all messed up. I don't think so. I think their motives are probably really good. And so I just kind of think, well, why? why? Why doesn't God answer our prayers? And why doesn't He do what we ask Him to do sometimes? I mean, if, if God really is all-powerful, remember we talked about this word two weeks ago, omnipotent, meaning that God has unlimited power, God can do anything He wants, right? We've been talking about beyond. I mean, He can not only answer your prayers, but He can go way beyond answering your prayers. I mean, if God really has that kind of power and... He's all loving, right? Then why wouldn't He just answer our prayers, right? And then there was a few years ago that I did this Bible study and the Lord's Prayer. You know, Jesus taught us to pray, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, and I began to wonder if prayer is less about me trying to twist the arm of God to get Him to bend to do what I want Him to do and more about my will bending to what he wants because Jesus said when you pray pray this way our father in heaven your name is holy your kingdom come your will not not mine what what you want not what I want your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so is it more about me trying to twist the arm of God to bend to do what I want him to do or is it more about me kind of conforming to what God wants well I think it's both I think we're offered many occasions in the New Testament to bring your needs to Jesus, right? We're going to talk about one of those in a minute. But I think it's also about surrendering to God's will. So, you may come to this conversation like me with just lots of questions. And I'm going to put some scripture on the screen this morning that may raise a few more questions. But it may be that before you leave today, your faith may have grown because you've opened your heart and your mind to God's Word. So in Matthew chapter 7, uh, we have these words from Jesus, beginning with verse 7, okay? So we're in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching, and here's what He says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Now that sounds to me a lot like an invitation to pray. Like, you guys should ask. You guys should be praying about stuff, right? But it also sounds a lot like a promise. Jesus, you know, again, not, not another pastor, not even my mother. I mean, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek. That's like another word for pray, right? And you will find. And then knock. And the door will be opened to you. Aren't all of these metaphors for, like, praying? And the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. 
And then Jesus moves to this conversation about your image of God. Do you understand who you are actually praying to? So which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? So the idea here is that maybe, you know, a stone might have resembled a loaf of bread. You're not going to do that to your kids, right? Or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? No, you wouldn't do that. So if you then, though you are evil, and we'll talk about what that means in a moment, know how to give good gifts to your children. I love these words. Say the first three with me. How much more? I love it. How much more? I mean, just beyond. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? I mean, just think about it. How much more will your Father, who is holy, give good gifts to those who ask Him? And then the last sentence seems almost like an add-on. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And this is God's Word for us today. Let me, let me dig in a little bit with you here, okay? Annette and I, uh, we have two daughters. Morgan is 26. Brittany is 31. Morgan's almost 26. The reason we know that is because... We're trying to help her find her own health insurance. She's getting bumped off this year. And so we, we have loved raising these two girls. Um, no boys at our house. We owned a dog for a long time. The dog was female. So I've just been surrounded my whole life living with these females. And so, but raising these girls have just been like the absolute joy of our lives. I am crazy, crazy nuts about my girls. I just... I love them so much. I'm so proud of them. I brag on them all the time. I text with them a lot. I just, I'm just crazy about them. I have a relationship with my girls that started years ago in trying to communicate to them, if you ever need anything, right here, you come to me. I don't care what's going on in your life. You, you come to me. Even if you've got to confess something, you come to me. And so... I love the fact that my girls have done that. And so I remember a particular season of my oldest daughter, Brittany's life, when she was in college. She was going through an especially difficult season of her life. And I remember when she was going through that, I would say to her, Britt, if you need me, you call me. I don't care what I'm doing. I will step out and I will answer the phone if you call me. And, and for a period of many months, my phone would ring and I would see that it was Britt. And I would just say, if I was in a meeting, I'm sorry, i got to take this call. If I was at a dinner with somebody, I'm sorry, i got to take this call. If I was, you know, really busy doing something, I'm sorry, i got to take this call. And I would say, hey, Britt, it's Dad. You know, and sometimes I would just find somewhere to sit down and just talk and say, Britt, we are going to get through this. We're going to work through this. God's going to bring you through this. God's going to bring us all through this. I'm going to help you find your way through this. I'm here for you. I loved it. So one of the things I've said to my girls for all of their lives, and I still say it today, the only difference is when I say it now, I tend to cry. There is always one number that you can call, and it's mine. I don't care what's going on in your life. If you need me, you call me. Don't carry anything by yourself. You don't have to. You've got me. 
And they call their mom a ton too. And it's kind of for different reasons they call her than they call me. But we just have this thing that says, if you need us, you call us. So yesterday, I was at a funeral lunch. So Lewis McLean, who has been on our staff for 37 years, I think now, his father passed away. And I'm sitting at a table with Lewis's daughter. Her name is Aubrey. She's got two little kids. And she's probably 30 years old or so. And we were talking about Lewis, okay? So anytime I get with Lewis's family, I just brag on Lewis. It just comes natural. You just talk about how great Lewis is. And Aubrey is telling me how much she leans on her dad and how much he's always doing things for her. And so when he walks up, I said, hey, Lou, we're talking about you. Just saying you're the subject at the table. We're talking about you right now. And, and he just said, what are you saying? And I said, Aubrey's talking about how she turns to you for when she needs you. And Lewis reaches over and puts his arm around Aubrey. And then Aubrey just says something really sweet. She says, my daddy would tear up the town for me if I needed him to. So, so here's your part, okay? As I'm telling those stories, and honestly, I belabored them. I'm not going to make that up. I took a little time. What came to your mind? Who did you think about? So some of you may say, I thought about my dad. Some of you may say, I thought about my dad, but it wasn't positive. I didn't have that kind of father figure in my life. Some of you may say, I thought about a friend and their father. Or you might be saying, I thought about my kids and my relationship with them. Do you know what Jesus wants you to think about when I talk about my relationship with my kids and how much I love them and how I just say to them, you call me if you need me. Do you know what Jesus wants you to think about? Jesus wants you to think about you and God. Jesus wants you to think, wow, when I hear Rick talk about his girls, that's how God feels about me. (laughs) You know how Rick just beams with pride when he talks about Morgan and Brittany? That's how God does when He talks to people about you. You know how Rick feels all this love for his kids and I'll drop whatever i got to drop and come to your rescue? That's exactly how God feels about you. I mean, think about it. If you have a child and they ask you for something to eat, you're not going to give them a rock. Or if they ask for fish, you're not going to give them a snake. You who are evil, meaning sons and daughters of Adam's race, you are part of a marred humanity because of the fall and because of sin. I mean, if you get to know me well, you'll say, I like Rick okay, but he's got some stuff he's still working through. God's still got to do some stuff in his life. That's me. So if, if Rick, who still has these issues in his life, he's working through, think about how much more a God who is holy cares for you and loves you and watches out for you. And when you call him, he says, hang on, i got to take this call. It's one of my kids. They need me. Here's the problem. And this is what Jesus is addressing. Some people have a false image of God. When I say false, I mean a lie, something that is not true. I've got this other picture, Rick. The picture that you're describing of you and your girls, that's not how I think about me and God. The image that I have of God is not like the one you've been talking about. And what Jesus is doing is saying, 
why don't you just stop right here? Why don't you just put a pause button on your life? And before you take another step, before you go any further, why don't you just get the right image in your head? And these images that we have of God can go on a very wide spectrum from God is my co-pilot. Meaning I'm still the pilot. You know, I'm still in charge. But he's my buddy and I keep him close. Me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. All the way to the other end it says God is distant. And I feel like most of the time he's got his back pretty much turned to me. And his arms are usually crossed. And he's a little angry with me. And neither are true. But somewhere in the middle you find the right image of a loving father who loves to give good gifts to his children. My dad was a funny guy. He loved to tell jokes. And he was kind of a comedian. He loved to make people laugh. And, and all of my siblings, I think, have tried to be a little bit like him, including me. We all, we all wish we could be funny like him. But I remember this joke he used to tell. And it was about a little boy that his parents would put to sleep at night, and he didn't want to go to sleep, and he would beg for all kinds of things, and it just drove his parents nuts. Put him in bed, tuck him in, pray with him, give him a drink of water, had a snack. Now, you go to sleep. But in a few minutes, he was saying, hey, Daddy, can I have something to eat? No, you've had a snack. Go to sleep. Hey, Daddy, can I have a drink of water? No, you can't have a drink of water. Go to sleep. You had a drink of water. But I want a drink of water. No, go to sleep. But I'm thirsty. No, go to sleep. And finally, one night, the kid has just pushed his parents to the limit. I mean, they have reached their max. They are done. They are finished. And the dad gets up, and he goes in the bedroom, and he says, hey, this is enough. It's got to stop, Okay. If you say one more word, I'm going to come back in here and I'm going to spank you. And the father goes back into the living room and he sits down and he cannot believe it. But in a few minutes, the little boy says, hey, daddy. And the father's just like, I can't, I can't believe this. And he finally says, what? And he says, when you come in here to spank me, would you bring me a drink of water? kid's persistent. Is there anything for us to learn in that story? I I think maybe there might be, because here's what Jesus says I want you to do. I want you to ask, and it will be given. I want you to seek, and you will find. I want you to knock, and the door will be open. These are metaphors for prayer. Let me ask you this. Are they growing in intensity? When we say ask and it will be given, is it another level to seek? I mean, asking is one thing, but to go looking, right? To continue to want is knocking even a different level. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be persistent here. So I think I told you maybe on the first Sunday that I, that I was here seven years ago that Hal Cawthron, who attends here every week, was my Greek professor at Trevecca Nazarene University. I'll pause until the applause die. I'll pause until the applause dies down a little bit. I know you love Trevecca. Is there not one in the house? There's not one. I got one person who went to Trevecca with me. There we go. You're there now. Yeah. Welcome home. So, in in the Greek language, and I'm not going to get you to this depth, but he taught us a poem that said, "Greek is a la- dead language, dead as can be, 
First it killed the Greeks, now it's killing me. So I don't want to get you that far down into the Greek language, okay? But let me give you some instruction I think will be helpful. These verbs, ask, seek, and knock, are in a particular tense. Verb tense is important in every language. There's the aorist imperative tense, and it is a command. So I might say to you, shut the door, okay? That's a command. However, these verbs are not in the aorist imperative tense. They are in the present imperative tense. It is to always do something. So always shut doors. So what is Jesus saying? No, it's okay to ask. No, it's okay to seek. It's okay to knock. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. This becomes a way of life. Do you understand that my daughters, Morgan and Brittany, now 31 years old, 26 year old, you know what they do when they need something? They still pick up the phone and they call me and I love it. It makes my day when they call me. But this has become a way of life for them. I'm not the only go-to anymore, but they still go to me and I love it. So it's become a lifestyle where they just keep on asking and keep on seeking. And they keep on knocking. They keep on calling and say, hey, Dad, I need some help with something. You understand that I have a prayer list on my phone. And some of you sitting in front of me are on my prayer list. Do you know why that I write your name on the list? Because I don't just pray for you once. I mean, if I was just going to pray for you once, I wouldn't write your name down, right? The reason I write your name down is because I keep on asking God to help you. And I keep on seeking and I keep on knocking. And I keep on praying for your healing or for your deliverance or for whatever it is that you need in your life. I keep on doing it. And this is the image Jesus wants you to see. Here's a God who doesn't get annoyed because you keep asking. Here's a God who doesn't get annoyed because you keep seeking or because you keep knocking. He's trying to paint a picture that says we have this awesome Father and He's nuts about you. Way more than Rick is nuts about his daughters. And He loves it when you call Him and say, I need some help. I think the next verse is what makes us stumble a bit. For everyone who asks, receives. Wow. Wow. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door's going to be open. Rick, like every prayer gets answered? Is that, is that where this is going? Is that what this is all about? When we pray, God answers. So once in a while, somebody will say to me something that I, I get, I get. I'm not, I don't have a problem with it, really. I don't love it. But they'll say to me, no, God always answers. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's wait. So he answers all of our prayers. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, and do I agree with it? Yeah, I, I agree with it. But it still leaves me with the question... But why does sometimes God not answer prayers? You know? I mean, if God is really all-powerful, is he, if He's omnipotent, if He really has unlimited power and can do anything, and if He's all-loving, which I believe He is, why? Why? 
Do you remember Matthew writes his gospel to a Jewish audience? And he's presenting Jesus to them as the fulfillment of the story of God and the nation of Israel. Okay? And, and, and he's trying to say, you understand the prophecies about the Messiah. He fulfilled them all. He is the Messiah in the line of David. He is the king. He is the teacher like Moses. He is God with us, Emmanuel. And then Matthew presents him as he is here to usher in the kingdom of God. This new world is coming. And he's bringing it to us. So let me ask you. Is the kingdom of God here yet? Jesus, what's the kingdom of God like? Oh, <laughs> the kingdom of God is where the blind get to see, you know. And the poor get good news. And people who are oppressed, living in oppression, they get free. I mean, the kingdom of God is where everything gets set right. All the wrongs are made right. So is it here? I think many of you would say, I, I look around, Pastor Rick, and I think I see the kingdom of God. And there's others who say, not quite yet. And there's a phrase that theologians sometimes use to help us understand, and they say, it's here already, but not yet. I see glimpses, I see hints, I see it happening here and here. But everything has not yet been set right. And so, after years of being a pastor and looking in deep into the eyes of people who are fighting for their life in a cancer battle, or somebody praying for God to heal their marriage, or somebody praying for God to save their kid, I had to surrender the mystery of prayer. I had to say, it's true, there's a lot about prayer that I maybe will never understand. But I also said, I'm going to take Jesus at His Word. And I'm going to ask, and I'm going to keep on asking, and I'm going to knock, and I'm going to keep on knocking. And I'm going to seek, and I'm going to keep on seeking. And I'm going to believe what Jesus says to be true. I'm going to take Him at His Word. And I'm going to pray. Now, I don't want to leave that last verse dangling. I think it's really important to us. And so, we have a Sunday school class that is helping out with Two Lakes, our sister church. And they said to Thaddeus Black, why don't we just, for a year, just hang out with you and just help you do anything you want to do. And when there's something we can do to help, we'll come and help. And so, that's what's going on. And so, Thaddeus said, I would like to do a cookout for our community. I would, I would love to just love. Here's what Thaddeus says. You know, Thaddeus, I just want to love on our neighbors. That's what I want to do. And so they had a cookout. Here's some pictures. They uh, had the neighborhood turn out. We had over 400 people come uh, to this. And, and there was a, a meal. Swaddley's Barbecue got involved and, and, and helped us with food. And then from Southern Nazarene University, the basketball teams, men's and women's, came and volunteered for the afternoon. And uh, there's another picture. We have a children's choir that sings almost every Sunday at the church. And they were singing, and they're awesome. These, these kids can sing, and they can also move like crazy, too. 
And uh, then the next picture just kind of shows uh, there was some exhorting of the Word, and Pastor Timmy was over there uh, talking a little about his testimony, and Pastor Thaddeus was preaching. It was all awesome. It was just great. So what, 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 what is that all about? What are you doing over there at Two Lakes Community? You don't know these people. These aren't friends of yours. And I think that Thaddeus would have said, no, we just wanted to love on them. We just wanted to give them a meal, play some games with the kids, spend the afternoon and evening with them, hang out, have some fun, and just bless them. I, I, I think it's where Jesus goes at the end with the last verse. Here's what he says. So in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. Treat, treat other people like you would love it if they would treat you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Do you know what Jesus is saying? Here's what he's saying. You know how you have this awesome heavenly father that loves you more than Rick loves his girls? And you know how he treats you? And how you can go to him when you have a problem? I want you to treat other people like that. See? So, so the Father just pours love into you and you just pour it out to somebody else. So you, you get up tomorrow morning and you head off to work and you got something heavy that you're carrying with you to work and you're praying about it and Jesus hears you pray and what you do is you find somebody at work and they're carrying something heavy and you say, you know what? I'm going to carry this with you. I, I can help you. I'm just going to love you. I'm telling you people, one time Jesus also summed up the law and the prophets by saying, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all your mind, all of your strength, and love your neighbor like you love yourself. Well, what does that look like in everyday life? It's when you do to others the way you would want them to do to you. It's the golden rule. So I'm going to give you this verse again. Paul says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Let me show you the next slide. Here's what he's going to do beyond. Beyond blessing you, okay, God says, I want to bless others through you. All right? So I'm going to do something more than just answer your prayer. I'm going to do more than just be a loving father to you. Not only am I going to hear you when you pray, not only am I going to bless you, but I'm also going to bless others through you. And let me tell you something. You don't have to live too long in this life to finally come to this place that you realize the only thing better than me getting my prayer answered is when I become the answer to somebody else's prayer. Oh, I thought I'd get somebody to go, yeah, I like that. The only thing better than me getting my prayers answered or when God is when God uses me to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. I mean, I'll tell you, when God does something through me and He uses me, I come home and I just stand on my toes trying to tell Annette how great my day was. You know. And so this is the bottom line. Here's the conclusion right here. Okay? Depend on your Heavenly Father. So I'm, I'm going to live a life to where no matter what's going on in my life, I just go to my Father... And it's okay with him. He doesn't mind me to ask. He doesn't mind me to knock. He doesn't mind me to seek. I can just talk to him. I get up in the morning and I say, okay, God, here's what we got today. I love you. I praise you. I worship you. And here's my life. Here's what's going on. I'm just going to depend on you. But I'm also going to ask you to bless others through me. So when you came in this morning, you received one of these. And at the bottom, there's a little card. Since we've been doing this, I have not 
had an opportunity to pray for you like I have since we've been doing this in seven years I've been here. I mean, since we've been saying, fill out this card, drop it in a connect box at every door when you leave. I mean, week after week, I get a stack of these cards on my desk and I get to pray for you. And we have teams of people who pray for you. And so this morning you may say, okay, Rick, if God's really good with this, if he really loves me like you say he does, then I've got some real needs in my life. And I don't know why I haven't been praying about it anyway. And so I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me. So just write down the request and let us pray with you. And when you've written it down and you've put your name on the other side, drop it in a connect box as you leave. And this week... There will be several people, not just one person, several people will pray with you. I think there's another story here, and it's a person who says, my life's pretty much just about that, Rick. I don't have any problem asking. I ask a lot. In fact, sometimes it's just kind of all about me. Bless me. And and I'm really lacking on that other side where... Bless others through me. You know, that's where I need to move to. So we're going to stand together, if you will. We're going to sing. We have altars here that are just great places to pray. If you want to come and pray today about a need in your life, or if you want to pray about needing to be an answer to somebody else's prayer, you can do that today. We'll worship the Lord together before we go. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.